probably overdue for some Mizzou basketball talk. The Tigers, one of the surprise teams, not just in the SEC, but in the country. Missouri with the commanding win against Iowa State in the SEC Big 12 showdown, I think sort of cemented the fact that this team is pretty good. We kind of had to ride the wave of emotions early in the year. They beat a bunch of teams, started undefeated, but they were games they were supposed to win. And then they get clobbered by Kansas, and I think people are like, okay, maybe maybe they're just not very good. Well, then they hammer Illinois, then they beat Kentucky, and then they slip a little bit in some conference games. But here they are at 16-5, and five. and it does seem like this team is who they are now, which is a tournament team. Barring a major collapse, Mizzou fans can start thinking about Selection Sunday. Don't want to jinx it. I know a lot of folks have... Mizzou PTSD when it comes to big-time sporting events. But I think this team going to the tournament uh, is going to happen, barring a major collapse. And the schedule is sort of in their favor at this point. They've already played a lot of tough games. Uh, I wanted to go back to the Dennis Gates hire when they got rid of Conzo Martin, opened it up, and not all Mizzou searches (laughs) turn up with great results. So you're kind of wondering, who are they going to get? Who are they going to find? And when it was Dennis Gates, I think people were like, hmm, I don't know. Hasn't been a head coach for very long. Yeah, he's got a good resume. And then the opening press conference, which is always dangerous to judge anything by. But I think people were largely impressed at his personality or just kind of the way he owns not just his beliefs, but just he's taken hold of this program with a firm grip. And uh, it's working. He's got to be in the conversation for National Coach of the Year at this point. Again, Missouri poised for a breakthrough season when nothing was expected. A lot of transfers that he brought with him from Cleveland State. So I wanted to go back in time to the Gates hire, but also the way things have played out. Seeing Mizzou Arena packed once again, that's been the greatest thing to watch from afar, is the buildings buzzing, the town's into the team, the students are into the team. And it hasn't always been that way, especially in the last 10 years or so. So it's great to see that, and who better to talk to then Dave Matter of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, who's been covering Mizzou for a long time, was a student there. I don't know why I'm giving you Dave's resume. You know who Dave Matter is. But he worked for the Columbia newspaper and then for the Post-Dispatch. All things Mizzou. Uh, Dave is the guest of the Kilcoin Conversation, coming from the Pasta House Studios. You can go to the website, pastahouse.com. Check out the entire menu. You can order online, especially during the week when the kids have practices, you're on the run. Get one of those meals to go. Do it online. Feed a family of four. Great pricing. You're going to get the famous pasta house salad. Throw in a little bit of the garlic cheese bread. 18 area locations. Always fun for the family to stop by and eat in the building. You don't just have to get it to go. All of their layouts are unique and really just inviting layouts where you can bring the family. The game will be on whether it's hockey or basketball or baseball. The family is welcome. The fresh food all put together daily. The Pasta House, bringing you the Killcoin Conversation. Also, longtime sponsors, Triad Bank, Marie de Villa, Senior Living, B&G Tuck Pointing, and Appliance Discounters. In the market for a new washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator, you name it, go to their website, theappliancediscounters.com. Get into that search engine and just type General Electric. There's a lot of great rebates available TheAppliancedDiscounters.com, all around the St. Louis area. Their prices are the lowest in town on the biggest brands. And their savings are your savings. It's more than a motto at Appliance Discounters. Find out for yourself. B&G Tuck Pointing, they are the best. In the bricks, 
So if it's tuck pointing that you need or waterproofing, foundation repair, bgtuckpointing.com is the website. 363-0525, the number to call. Get a free estimate from my guy, Rich Galati. 314-363-0525 to find out why they are the best in the bricks. Marie Davila Senior Living, that's the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road. Take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. That's M-A-R-I-D-E-V-I-L-L-A.com. mariedevilla.com. Again, since 1960, the place to live in your retirement years. They have villa estates. You're living on the campus there. You can enjoy the great food, but you can kind of live on your own. Or if you need assisted living, all levels of care at Marie Davila. And Triad Bank, one of the longest sponsors of all the Killcoin conversations, the Tony talk we did, the puck talk with Panger and Federko. Triad Bank is a St. Louis-based bank. Started here in 2005. So if you're in the market for a business loan, why not do business with the folks who are based here in town? That way they're not hopping on the phone and saying, oh, i got to call my boss in L.A. or New York. All of the decisions made here in town. Neighborhood-friendly bank. Original locations on Clayton Road in Frontenac. Second location now on Olive, just west of 270. Always on the web at triadbanking.com. And now our conversation about Mizzou basketball with Dave Matter. Dave, if you can, think back to when the hire was made. Um, I think, you know, we're all Googling Dennis Gates, and then you make the connection to Leonard Hamilton, and you look at Cleveland State. Okay, they had a little success. But in Columbia and around the Mizzou people, did you did you get a sense people were saying, well, who is this guy? Or what do you remember about the initial hire? Yeah, I think the casual fan and even maybe some media folks, it was more of who who is this guy. But I think the more you talk to basketball people around the sport, coaches, um, you know, people at the national level, uh, they really liked the hire. You know, I I had, you know, a few sources that are connected to you know, not just Mizzou basketball, but more of a national level that brought up his name right away. You know, even before Missouri made his search, said this is a guy they got to look at because he's a real up-and-comer, he's got a good track record, and he's going to be a high major coach eventually, if not right after, you know, this hiring cycle. Um, but, yeah, I think more locally it was like, okay, got to read up on this guy. He's not coming from uh, a really familiar program. And, and even, you know, all those years at Florida State, you know, that may not really resonate in the Midwest or, or, you know, this part of the, uh, this part of the country as much as it would, you know, down in the ACC or even in, you know, just further deep in the SEC. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously made a great impression, uh, you know, since the season has started, no doubt. What do you think we got wrong about predicting this team? I mean, I know it was the SEC prediction was 11th out of 14 teams. I just wonder because a lot of the transfers were not big names. They were not from big programs. Every time he got a kid to come over from Cleveland State, I was like, well, that's nice because he knows him, but it's not a kid who transferred from Kentucky. But I'm just wondering if that group, they're all really veteran players. And I just wonder yeah. if we overlook that a little bit. Well, I, and I don't know if it's anybody's fault and because that's you just didn't know. It was just right. the great unknown. And it's really that's the case for most teams in college basketball now. I mean, it's it's all newcomers. Uh, for the most part, a lot of it's transfers. You know, you can't predict how freshmen are going to play. And, you know, college basketball predictions have become completely useless pretty much in the age of the transfer portal. Uh, football's a little different because there's not as much turnover. 
as there is in basketball. But basketball, it's like just throwing darts at a board with a blindfold on. You have no idea how these teams are going to look. Um, you know, I mean, Conzo in his last year, he he did this too. He put together a bunch of mid-major transfers and it just didn't work. Like those guys weren't better than the guys they replaced. Well, in this case, the guys that came in, uh, even though it was kind of impossible to predict, they have been much better than the guys that left. And these are, like you said, they're from Cleveland State. They're from Northern Iowa. They're from Missouri State. Uh, there's one high major transfer, Nick Honor from Clemson, but Clemson's not exactly a powerhouse. or They, they weren't very good when he was there. So, yeah, it, it was impossible to predict. Uh, I think on my preseason ballot, I might have picked Missouri ninth, and that was eight, nine, ten, somewhere around there. But I had no idea because we hadn't seen these guys play together. And do you think this season there, and not just from a coverage standpoint, but maybe even a fan's viewpoint, where you get all excited, hey, we're 10-0, and 0. yeah, we didn't play anybody, but that's okay. And then get crushed by Kansas, and you say, okay, well, maybe we're not very good. And then they crush Illinois and Kentucky. Like, oh, man, we're actually pretty good. And then they kind of drop back down again. Have they kind of leveled out now? And have you kind of sensed that from people around the program, like waiting to kind of see, we think they're good, but we're not sure just yet? Yeah, I think they're a good team. I don't think they're an elite team, um, but they're kind of held back by – so much depends on their three-point shooting. Um, we've seen when when they shooting 45, 50%, they're really hard to beat. When they go into a cold spell like they did against Alabama, and they didn't have Kobe Brown. Um, but there's been other games where they just haven't shot well when they played at Texas A&M, at Florida. Um, you know, they're just not nearly as good. But when they are shooting threes and making threes like they were against Iowa State, a great defensive team, uh, they can go toe-to-toe with just about anybody. And, and they make up for – you know, their deficiencies in other areas with their shooting and with the creating all the, the turnovers that they create. I mean, they, that's kind of who they are. They have a very clear identity. They shoot a lot of threes. They shoot them very early in the shot clock and they rely on getting a lot of uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of takeaways. And when they play to their strengths, um, I, I think they can probably beat just about anybody um, because they've you know, they, they've we've seen Kentucky's gotten better since that game. Illinois has gotten better since that game. Uh, we, we know, you know, Arkansas has been up and down, but when they're when they're on, when they're good, they're they're still pretty good. Iowa State's been very good this year. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's just kind of who they are. And, uh, you know, I, I do think going back to the, that really easy non-conference schedule they played up until uh, Kansas and, and they went to Wichita State. I think that did pay off for one reason. It got the fans invested because. They went nine and no, eight and no, whatever it was, all all home games against low mid-major teams. But let's say they went six and three, but against better competitions. Let's say they played like Iowa or Oregon or some other teams they've played in the past, like a, a really good mid-major and lost. I don't think the 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 bandwagon would have filled up as much, even though they may those have been quality losses. Like if they lose by two to Iowa. Um, and they're sitting there six and three. I think nine and zero still gets fans a little bit more excited. They want to see that winning team. They want to see uh, that kind of excitement. So I, I, I think the scheduling was pretty, pretty smart on the, the way they did it with all those home games in a row, so that fans could get to know these players and see them on the floor, and and just they play with a lot of charisma and a lot of excitement. I, I think that I think that really paid off. Yeah, the visual of this season to me is seeing packed houses, and I know. Yeah. For a little bit, especially that first year with Conzo and the MPJ, all the excitement about Michael Porter, that helped sell tickets, but then it leveled off. And, of course, before that with Tim Anderson, it was pretty quiet down there. I feel like this is the first time in a long time where their home court 
is an advantage. The kids are into it. The town's into it. And even from a coverage standpoint, I would think for you, it's a lot more fun when you're in a building that isn't half empty. Yeah, it feels like an event. And, uh, you know, even before the game tips off, you feel like you're covering a big event. And, you know, it's the it's the event of the day in town. One of the biggest games in the league. Uh, it, probably the closest time it was to that for a full season. What was Frank Hayes first year when they won 30 games and number two seed in the tournament? And, and fans were bought in there. They were they were selling out and it was a, a pretty rowdy atmosphere. And then, like you said, Conzo's first year, they sold out of their tickets, so they announced a sellout for every game. But a lot of that was the excitement of all these new players and the Porters. That kind of fizzled off, even though that was a good team. At, the shame of it is that two years ago, Conzo had this team. They were 13-3. and three. They were number 10 in the country. But they had the COVID uh, seating uh, crowd capacity levels still at, like, 20%. So those, I think that team would have, the way they started the year – beating a bunch of really good teams. They, they would have had packed houses, but they couldn't because of COVID. And instead it was like 3,000 people at the games. And then that team leveled off and started to struggle and kind of limped to the finish line. But but yeah, it's been a while since you've seen this consistently. Uh, we're selling out games and, you know, the atmospheres are, are really, really great. You know, and that team, I'm just thinking about this with Drew Smith. Maybe it's, it's a reminder because what I was saying earlier, we see these kids from other programs that are not big name programs. Drew Smith's one of the best players they've had in the last five to ten years, and he came from Evansville. Yeah. The whole fight to get him on the floor. But I guess it's a reminder to me and others, if a kid's coming from a program that isn't prestigious, it doesn't mean they can't play. I mean, with that, I think Drew Smith is a great example of that. Yeah. Drew Smith, Cassius Robertson before him. I mean, sometimes it just takes the right system, the right coach to tap into these guys and get a little bit more out of them. Um, you know, I think we're seeing that right now. And Des Moines Hodge is – you know, he played with Gates, obviously, at Cleveland State, but he's producing more now than necessarily he was then against better competition. So uh, you just never know with transfers. And uh, I, I think think we in the media and, and fans, too, I think we get a little bit caught up more in the transfer stuff than the players do. I mean, they're just they're putting on a new uniform. They got a new home gym, a new home, a new town. But it's still basketball for them. So I don't think it's as big of a deal. They're they're used to playing with new teammates all the time, whether it's AAU or high school or junior college. I mean, some of these guys, they're on their fourth college team. Uh, like you said, that the age factor, really, with this team, it's very unique. They've got, I mean, Des Moines Hodge is 24. Um, Sean East is 23. Uh, a bunch of guys are 22. There's at least one other 23-year-old, I think maybe Nick Honor. So these guys have played a lot of college basketball. They have eight guys on this team who have played 2,000 minutes at the Division One level. That, that's a ton of college basketball. So uh, they're kind of used to the moving around, and, and now I think they've been like a big chemistry experiment, and it's, it's really worked well for Dennis and his staff. And one thing that's nice is a guy like Kobe Brown who's been around because so much of college basketball now, I always joke you got to go buy the program when you yeah. watch you know, the scorecard, whatever, when you go into the game because everybody's new where it used to be. You'd watch a kid for four years, and then you got to know him a little bit, and then by the end, they were pretty good. He, this is almost like a throwback where Kobe's been there for a while, and boy, he's really developed. And I don't know if he's the MVP or for sure or not, but what have you seen in terms of his development? Uh, he's the anchor of this program, this team, there's no doubt. Uh, he's, he really started to come on last year when they kind of put it on him, like, okay, you need to be the alpha of this team. And he 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 had moments. Uh, you know, he was a second-team All-SEC player. He At times he looked like a first-team All-SEC player, but it wasn't very consistent. And then you get him to come back, and, you know, he didn't know what to expect. New staff, all new teammates. Uh, you know, was he going to be more of a role player? Uh, would he Would he start? 
Um, would he get as many touches? And what's happened is he, he really transformed his body. He's, he's a lot more athletic. He's added some muscle. I think got rid of a little baby fat, uh, even though I think he actually weighs more than he did last year. He's playing much more above the rim than he ever has before. He's really just completely rebuilt his three-point shot to where that's a real weapon for this team now, where in the past it was, oh, he'd occasionally make one, but it wasn't a, he wasn't a consistent threat. And I, I think he's really just taken on ownership of being – you know, the holdover. He's, he's not the only one. His younger brother and then Ronnie DeGray came back too, but he, he's the centerpiece. And, uh, you know, there's there's times this year where, gosh, man, he looks like the SEC player of the year. Um, I don't know if he'll end up getting that, but if this team's in position, you know, in, in late February, early March to be one of those top four seeds in the SEC tournament and he's producing at this level, um, yeah, he's going to get some votes for sure. And that's well-deserved. Like you said, a guy you don't see four-year players that much anymore at the same program and he's got a chance to be a fifth year player he's got that extra COVID year if he wants to come back next year he can absolutely do that and uh, you know continue to build on his legacy Mizzou fans have PTSD in all the the major sports I don't want to jinx it but it would seem now with their resume with that Iowa State win the way they handled Illinois I mean this is a tournament team barring a real collapse which can happen but do you think they just go 500 in the league they're fine I think so, and at, it's going to be kind of hard to go 500 because their schedule gets really easy. Now, they've got two tough road games uh, early February. They go to Tennessee on a Saturday, and then a quick turnaround, they play Tuesday at Auburn. Those are two of the best teams in the league. Tennessee right now looks like the best. If not them, then Alabama. Other than that, you know, you've got two against LSU. You've got uh, another one with A&M. You've got two with Mississippi State. You've got one with South Carolina team that's abysmal, and then you've got a game at Georgia. Th- th- those are all winnable. Uh, now you might, you know, you got to go on the road at Mississippi State. Missouri's had a tough time playing there over the years, um, but there's 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 a lot of winnable games left. It's kind of the, the the it's a soft landing for this team as far as the end of the regular season goes. So they really can enhance their their seating, uh, their projections for sure. If they steal one of those two road games either at Tennessee or Auburn, my gosh, then you're really talking about getting a, a top four seed in the, in the SEC tournament. Uh, so, yeah, they still have a, a lot of potential here to, you know, just enhance where they are right now. Do you think Dennis Gates has also engaged the fan base in a way? I mean, not that anybody didn't do it, but it seems like he tries really hard, even social media, saluting former players, yeah. trying to get them to come back and, I don't think any coach – well, maybe some do in some sports, but they don't want the old players to come around, which is stupid. But maybe it's even more of an effort not to say you're welcome but to really engage. I, I just get the sense that he's got an energy around this program that we haven't seen in a while. He's very smart about the PR side of things. He knows that I, – I think he learned from his first press conference that if you say the name Norm Stewart, you get like a standing ovation. So, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how – you know, when, when Norm stepped down, I'm doing air quotes when I say that, um, you know, this, the fan base was ready to move on. It was time to, to see something more exciting, more modern. And you get Quinn Snyder had some good years and then you get Mike Anderson. And, um, but as time goes on, (laughs) Norm's, you know, his, his shadow over the program grows and his, uh, just how, how big of a icon he was and the success that he had is probably appreciated a lot more now than it was at the time or when he retired. Uh, so I think it's been really smart for Dennis that anytime he's near a microphone, he brings up the name Norm Stewart. And I, I think it is genuine on his part. I think he knows that the best years of this program are, are in the distance, in, in the distant past. 
And to remind folks of that and to connect with that is, is really smart. Um, you know, and he's, he's been welcoming with bringing back players. Like you said, he salutes them on social media. It seems like every day, or uh, they had a player reunion over the weekend and uh, he, he made sure his players attended that to visit with a bunch of the alums um, so they could kind of soak up their knowledge and just their presence. And, you know, they did the throwback uniforms on Saturday, which was a cool touch. So yeah, he's very good about that stuff. Uh, he gets it. And uh, I, I think for this fan base, you know, I think that's something they needed. Not that Conzo didn't do it because he cared too, but he just wasn't as uh, outspoken about it. I think he did a lot of things behind the scenes and quietly without getting the, the attention or the fanfare. But but Dennis is very, very sharp with the, the PR side of it. And is it translating into recruits? I mean, I've seen some of the players come. They've got a couple of good ones, right? And so in terms of sustainability with the program, what do you think is moving forward? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's going to be something we've only seen a little bit of with him, with Dennis and the staff. I think he put together a really good staff. C.Y. Young has long been considered one of the best recruiting assistant coaches in the country. And that's why they spent so much money to go and hire a big time assistant coach like C.Y. to kind of poach him from Florida State staff. They signed three four star guys back in November that will be here. This team will be much younger next year when he had three uh High school recruits, they only have one high school guy right now or one true freshman scholarship player. They're going to have three next year. They've added a, a junior college uh, guard that will be part of next year's team. Um, you, you know, the math is it's always kind of fuzzy with how many scholarships they have because you just don't know what the turnover rate is going to be. Uh, but they continue to recruit at a pretty high level as far as just guys they're targeting uh, nationwide. You know, it's not going to be just a local Midwest thing. They, they you recruit nationwide in college basketball at the highest level. And I, I have no doubt that they'll they'll do a good job there. And you mentioned Conzo. Any has anybody heard from him? Do we even know? Is he still in Columbia? Is he moved? No, up? he's a, he he moved to Orlando um, shortly after uh, this during the summer. And I, I keep in touch with him. Um, not a whole lot, you know. He's just kind of taking it, uh, taking his time to decide what he wants to do next. No, it, he's really fortunate. His son plays for Purdue. Uh, he's a walk on, but he's on the Purdue team. Of course, that's where Conzo went. So he travels around and watches Purdue's games. They're number one team in the country right now. So um, that's a, a fun team to watch and support, I'm sure. But, uh, he, you know, he's he, Conzo is just 51, so he is not retired for life. Uh, he will he will find something to do, whether it's in coaching or administration or, or somewhere to, you know, contribute back to either college basketball or college athletics at large. Um, but I, he's just kind of laying low for now. Dave, fun to catch up. I don't want to jinx it because there's always drama at Mizzou. It seems like it's been pretty, pretty <laughs> chill for a while, pretty calm for you. Yeah, don't say that. Don't, don't say that. Never, never, never even acknowledge that things are quiet because that's when things turn upside down. Always great to check in with Dave. I think we did a, a football preview where he talked about the top players during his tenure on the Mizzou beat. So good to catch up with Dave whenever possible. We didn't get any uh, – Gratuitous slew plugs, St. Louis U High. He's a junior, Bill. Usually that comes up uh, when we start to converse. So appreciate Dave hopping on the show and a fun Mizzou season. Mentioned this on the TV side the other night on Fox 2 during a TKO, the Kilcoin Opinion, that great expectations can really mess with a fan's emotions because Blues fans were expecting big things. And when it goes sideways, it, it's definitely a jolt. But at the other end of it, what about a Mizzou team when you really didn't expect much? Unless you're a real diehard and you really are optimistic every year. I don't think anybody said this is an NCAA team. I know I said it on record. This is a team that could maybe contend 
for an NIT bid, and uh, I was wrong. Maybe it's time to do a commentary saying I was Remember Sam Malone on Cheers just couldn't say the word wrong. Uh, but I was wrong about this Mizzou team, and it's it's great to be wrong. It's fun to watch Mizzou basketball again. Appreciate Dave hopping on the show. Coming to you from the Pasta House Studios. Over the weekend, don't forget, kids eat free on Sunday. Each kid there with an adult eats for free. I wish I could recommend just one thing, but that would be a mistake. If you just went for lunch and had the salad, maybe a little cheese bread, that's a winner. Pasta con broccoli for dinner. The pizza's great. Every pasta dish, there's the toasted rav is outstanding. Everything they make, made fresh every single day. I walk through the kitchen there, location in Creve Core, and it's unbelievable. Each morning, they roll it out fresh. There's nothing from the night before, and you can taste the difference. 18 area locations or on the web, pastahouse.com. Marie Davila Senior Living, easy to take that tour online at mariedavilla.com. Corner of Clayton and Wideman Road, a beautiful spot for your retirement years. B&G Tuck Pointing, not just Tuck Pointing, but also waterproofing and foundation repair. They do a lot of great tweets where they show the before and the after. And that garage, that chimney, that place of business, anything brick, boy, once they're done, it really does look new again. BGTuckPointing.com. Appliance discounters all around the St. Louis area. Name a big brand in the appliance world. They've got it. Uh, High-end Thermador. They started by selling some dinged and dented models. You'd save a ton, and I, I still recommend that if you've got, you know, maybe you need a fridge for your garage and you don't need it to be the fanciest or top line. Get one that's got like a little scratch on the side. You save so much money. Uh, every level of appliances at theappliancediscounters.com. Their savings are your savings. And Triad Bank, longtime sponsor of the Killcoin Conversation. Appreciate Jim Regna, the CEO, his entire team over there. Jim went to Rosary. Then Umsel, I always say, that's as St. Louis as you can get. Started the bank with a number of others back in 2005. You can find out more at triadbanking.com. Appreciate all of our great sponsors. Thanks for tuning in to the Kilcoin Conversation. I'm Martin Kilcoin. We'll talk again soon.